Anyone here for the first time tonight? Any newcomers? Welcome, gentlemen. Welcome. It's good to have you. Um, I know we've got some visitors as well. Some we've seen you know, a couple of times before, which is it's awesome to see you guys again. Um, Logan and Maria's uh, parents are now living in Indiana. So we have new Hoosiers in the house, which is, which is awesome. Um, they don't live too close, but we'll see them occasionally, I think, which is awesome. And sister, too. Awesome. Um, all right. Hi. <laughs> Julia, there's so, so many nice faces to see. Um, so tonight we're talking about um, intercession. Um, a lot of you weren't here because of fall break, um, and I talked a bit about intercession, I talked a bit about Israel, um, and what's happening there at the moment, and um, I just, I just want to do, just talk a little bit more about intercession, um, you know, and this theme of, of being naturally supernatural, and if you haven't seen, there's Matt with baby Brooke walking around the outside, so she... <laughs> <laughs> Poor child. So, yeah, pray, <laughs> pray for her, please. Pray for her. Um, <laughs> she's apparently a, an amazingly well-behaved daughter. So, one for the one for the girls there, ladies. Um, much better behaved than than the sons. Um, so, so we're doing this this series on on naturally supernatural. Okay. Um, and we could just do a, a, a series on the gifts of the Spirit, okay? And you're going to see that we're structuring a lot of these sermons around the gifts of the Spirit. Um, but I wanted us to have a different focus as we did this, okay? Um, it's too easy when we do a series on the gifts of the Spirit. You know, I think they can be really powerful and the gifts are amazing, but they can maybe be a little academic and we can think, well, that's my gift and, and that's the one I want or I don't have that one and, and maybe we can check out a little bit or it just becomes intellectual or academic. Um, and, the, and the point of thinking about being naturally supernatural is that all of the gifts are available to us at all times. Okay? And we, we will probably specialize in some gifts. Some of us will get the gift of tongues. Some will have the gift of discernment. Some have the gift of healing, the gift of wisdom, gifts of hospitality, there are all sorts of gifts. Um, but, I, but I'm wanting us to think about them more in that sort of general sense, okay, and be naturally supernatural, that we all have access to the Spirit, that we all have to be available to the Spirit. And really, you know, if, if we wanted another, another, because as Matt says, you know, naturally supernatural is good charismatic lingo, isn't it? Which we try and avoid most times. Um, but it really is about being friends with the Holy Spirit. And having intimacy with him. And, and being available to him at all times. And not just when we need him or something goes wrong, you know. Um, it's, it's so easy for us to forget that third part of the Trinity. For us to forget the Holy Spirit. And what I, what I wanted to do tonight is I, I'm, I'm going to throw some scripture at you. Um, and I, and I, wanna, I want to see how your heart responds to it. Okay. Um, and we might, we might just stop for a little pray. And, and then I'll, I just want to give two or three examples of what this can look like in practice. Okay, because I want us over the next few weeks to actually, we're going to give examples of how to do the things we're talking about. And, and I want to make this as easy as possible. Now, 
I could say, like, we all know how to intercede, don't we? Like, we, we pray. We all know how to pray. Um, and that could be the end of my sermon, and some of you wish it would be. But, um, but you know, this way is to pray. Um, and to pray with the Lord is what we want to be doing. Um, and, you know, and I'm going to state the, the really obvious a, a couple of times tonight, but hopefully to just check our hearts, okay? Um, if, you, if you think about Scripture, from the very beginning to the very end, we have a supernatural God who meets us in the natural. Yeah, some of you have been in my classes, some students, and I've tormented you with these things. Yeah, it's, it's quite eye-opening, actually. Because <laughs> you know, we, we believe the Bible, don't we? Like it, it starts... With creation, this is a really supernatural event where God creates all things. And we, we have the Garden of Eden, and we have Satan, and we have the fall, and we have God's covenant with Abraham, and we have the Lord meeting Moses in a burning bush, and we have the judgments of Egypt. Then we have the move into the, into the promised land, and we have the prophets and their judgments, and they're calling Israel and Judah to righteousness. We have Ezekiel and his heavenly visions. Like we read this book, and it is absolutely, completely filled with the supernatural. Is it not? When we get to the New Testament, man, we have walking on water, and we have raising the dead, and we have healing the sick, and we have multiplying our food, and some other crazy things. It finishes with John's revelations and seeing Jesus. From one end to the other, it's a supernatural book. And I don't know about you, but how often do you pick that thing up, and you just read it? Like, it's a cool collection of stories. And um, how often as Christians are, are, we, are we practical atheists? For the fact that we believe certain things and we think certain things, but actually in practice, we're not really living this supernatural life that this book that we hold to be so precious and so true actually demonstrates to us. Because from start to end, it's about a supernatural God meeting us and seeing his kingdom come. And his will be done. And when we think about intercession, that's ultimately intercession. As Jesus prayed, your kingdom come, your will be done. And the awesome thing about our God when we get into the New Testament and this privilege that we have is that we get to be a part of that. So we get his spirit and we get to be people, agents of his kingdom. <gasps> Sorry. I don't actually know how much I'm going to read these, but I might need them. We have this privilege of his spirit. I've read a lot of scripture over the last few weeks, which I think has challenged us. I know it challenged me when I was writing it down. All the promises of Jesus. These are Jesus' words in Matthew 16. I'm going to read verses 17 through 19. Scripture we know well. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, bar Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven." These are incredible words. 
And I know, I know they are said to Peter, but they are said to Peter as the rock of the church, as the founder of the church. Peter is the symbol of the church, and these promises are for the church. They are for us. The keys of the kingdom. Jesus has delegated authority. Authority to bind and to loose. John 17, 22, I've said these next to you a few times. Jesus tells us that the glory which he gave to Jesus, Jesus is giving to us. Like, do we even have a grid of where to put that? The glory that Jesus had from the Father, he is giving to us. It's quite a promise, isn't it? John 14, 12. We really need to know these, these words off by heart, if we don't already. Jesus said, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. There's so much in Scripture that you can read different commentaries and you can qualify it. Well, that, you know, that promise was to Peter, or this promise was to the disciples. He sends out the 12, he sends out the 72, that was them. You know, you can qualify all sorts of things. I don't think you'd be right if you did that, but you can try. This one, to all who believe. To all who believe. RJ, you believe in Jesus, don't you? Yeah, so this is for you. Finn, you believe? Excellent. It's for you. All right. Hey, there's, there's, there's no disqualifier here. Jesus delegates his authority to us. Um, Joseph, my son, said, you have to talk about authority, Dad. <laughs> Jesus delegates his authority to us. Right? Paul writes in Ephesians that we are seated with Christ Jesus in the heavenly realms. Before we die, we are seated with Christ Jesus in the heavenly realms. Jesus gives the keys of the kingdom to his church. All who believe in him will do greater works than him. Now, this is positional. This is just by believing in Christ that you have authority to pray in his name and to see his kingdom come. Okay? You have a positional authority. Does that make sense? Like, Luke, you are a captain. He's a captain in the army, which means he has a position that gives him the rank. That means everyone underneath him, below him, will listen to him because of that position. And it comes with rights and privileges and responsibilities. If you believe in Jesus, you are positioned with authority. Andrew Murray, in his book on prayer, he tackles just about every scripture in the New Testament that's hard to believe. And he says, you know what we should do, basically, I'm paraphrasing a long book, he says, you know what we should do? We should actually just believe what Jesus says. Radical thought, but we should actually believe what he says. And this is one of the lines that, that he has at the beginning of his book. He said, let us open our whole heart to God's words. His words of promise in all their simplicity and truth. They will search and humble us. They will search and humble us. And as I read through his book, this happened to me all the time. I would read something and I would read scripture and I'd read how he saw this and it would search my heart and my heart would say, I just don't believe that. 
And I would be humbled into prayer to say, Lord, help me believe. And I, I'm curious, as I read the words from Matthew and I read the words from Jesus and John, how does your heart respond to those promises? And it's just a really honest question. Like, um, I believe. Um, I want to believe more. Um, I, I think it's true, but it's not for me. I think it's true, but it's not for me because I'm not um, worthy. I, I, I think it's true, it's not for me because I, I sin too much. Um, maybe worst of all, actually definitely worst of all, maybe you don't care and you're just passive and complacent. That's the hardest place to break out of. In pre-service prayers, um, Matt had a word about shame, the Lord dealing with shame tonight. Um, and I had, I had a, a, a real strong sense of, you know, in Scripture where it talks about the fertile, fertile soil and, and about the weeds coming up and strangling the word of the Lord and the words of God. Um, and so normally I would pray at the end, but actually I want to pray now just quickly if you will pray with me. Um, and just, would you just let the Lord speak to your heart? Lord Jesus, Lord, we, we um, want to be fertile soil for your word. And these, these words we read, Lord, they come from your lips. They are true. And there's, there's, a, there's a reality, Lord, of walking with you and knowing your spirit that, that we have only just tasted the smallest part of and, and we, we want more, Lord. We want more. Well, not because it's, it's cool or fun, although it certainly would be fun, but because it's for your kingdom and it's for the delight of knowing you. So Lord, I, I pray now, if we, have, if we have disqualified ourselves because we have lived in sin, because we've rebelled against you, Would you forgive us? Forgive us for our sin, Lord. Forgive us for rebellion. Lord, forgive us if our hearts have been hard to your words. If we've been complacent about them. If we haven't given them weight in our lives. Forgive us, Lord, for setting so many things above you. Lord, I pray that you would, you would open our hearts tonight. 
I pray in the name of Jesus that all accusations of shame would be broken now. I pray that the temptation to rebellion would be broken in the name of Jesus. I pray in the name of Jesus against complacency and passivity. Those schemes of the enemy be broken in the name of Jesus. Lord, we claim the power of your blood and the forgiveness of our sins. We ask for your spirit to fill us. Holy Spirit, would you teach us? Would you lead us? Would you lead us into intimacy with our Lord? Would you walk with us, Jesus? Thank you, Lord. Amen. Okay, thank you. So, gosh, I'm going to have to preach quickly now. So, in a nutshell, um, one of our core values at Kingdom Life, because we're really bad about advertising these, um, one of those is everybody plays. It's maybe one of my least favorite expressions in terms of our core values, um, but it's hard to not do it in a really long, boring sentence. And it's, I think it's a saying that comes from John Wimber, Bill, everybody plays. I think it's a, everybody gets to play. So Wimber, John Wimber was one of the first church leaders to, to break the kind of idea that it's the guy at the front who gets to do the miracles, you know, gets to see God move. Everybody gets to play. Everybody's got his spirit. The point of the person at the front is just to help encourage and to get people to step into relationship with the spirit. And that's one of the things that we, um, that's just really core to who we are as a church. Everybody gets to play here. We're all ambassadors of the kingdom. In 1 Peter 2, Peter says, As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We are a a royal priesthood, a holy priesthood. And the role of priest is twofold. The right of a priest is to go into the presence of God and to worship. And before we do anything else with intercession, in fact, before we do just about anything else as Christians, we should worship. I don't think there's anything that can actually make us connect with the Lord like worship. And I'm not talking about just coming here and singing some songs. I'm talking about in surrender, submitted worship of the King with all of our hearts because He's worthy. That we worship Him. That's the role of the priest. And the other role of the priest is to take the burdens and the pains and the sins of man and woman and to bring those to God, and to bring the sacrifices that were required, and to bring healing and bring restoration from God to man. And this is our role in the kingdom. We worship the one who's worthy of worship, and we bring his kingdom to a broken world. And Peter says that we are all priests, built this church on the cornerstone of Christ. And what an honor that is for us. So a few things. And I'm just going to give some examples. Forgive me for missing some stuff here. I hope this still is of benefit. A few things, like we just did with prayer. Um, always live a, a life of quick repentance. Always. Okay. Don't get caught up in accusations of sin. The enemy loves to tell you when you've sinned. Live with quick repentance. And know that if you ask for repentance, you have received it. 
If you've offered forgiveness, you've received it. So as a church, we always like to actually say when we're doing forgiveness, Lord, I receive your forgiveness. We like to say that out loud. We declare it to the world and the air around us. And I receive your forgiveness. It's the easiest way to short-circuit shame, and it's the easiest way to actually have power when you pray. If you're living in rebellion, do not expect to have power when you pray. Okay, it's a simple equation. Remember what uh, Paul says that the, that the spirit and the flesh are at war. Okay? Not in opposition, not disliking each other. They are at war. Okay? Think about what's going on in the world today. They are at war with each other. Don't fiddle with the one and think you can have the other. Okay? Don't live in rebellion. If you choose forgiveness and you choose submission, you will receive power. Because you will have intimacy with the Lord. I wanted to say a lot more about that, but hopefully like, that came through pretty strong. Okay. It's, you know, it's, I'm not saying we have to be perfect. Just be quick to repent. Jesus will do the rest. And I'm going to give a few examples about intercession. And like I said at the beginning, um, we can think of intercession, and this is good, that often the Lord calls us to pray. And so, you know, there might be a time of the day that we pray. We, you know, we sit down for an hour or half an hour. Or, you know, we might get to, together with a group of people and we pray. And that is awesome. But intercession can't just be these little moments. Okay? Intercession has to be the overflow of what we are doing with the Lord all the time. That it's just an expression of who we are with the Lord. So one English uh, guy, prophetic guy... Um, he talks about the difference between kind of getting a download from the Lord when you sit and pray and talk to him versus kind of live streaming him, you know, like Jesus did. That that's the connection that we should be seeking. So that when we intercede, we're just in connection with him and we're just saying, Lord, what must I do in this situation? And we're speaking out what he is asking us to do. And I'm not saying every time you try this that you're going to hear from him. But the Lord will delight if you even just give him the opportunity to speak. But it must come from an overflow of, of the things that we are doing already to connect with His Spirit. And worship is so essential, and, and reading the Word of God is so essential. And seeking forgiveness is so essential. I'm not going to read it because of time, but we know it well. In Matthew 10, you know, Jesus sends out the 12, and He says some interesting things. You know, he says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. Okay, so that's for all of us to do, just by the by. Uh, and, but then he also says some interesting things. He says, you know, um, when you get into the city, ask who, who in the city is worthy, and then go and stay with them. And if they are worthy, and if they welcome you, then let your peace reside there. Let your peace reside there. In other words, we can go into a place, the disciples can literally go into a place, and they can let the peace of God actually stay there. He also says rather scarily, if you're not welcomed, then reject them. Dust the dust off your feet. And when it comes to judgment, those towns, those villages will be judged worse than Sodom and Gomorrah. That seems like a really harsh judgment, doesn't it? This is the weight of the promise that Jesus gives to his disciples, that he gives to us, if we will walk in the power of his spirit. Can I please... Obviously, don't go around judging stuff, okay? Um, it's not our preference. But don't be surprised if the Lord calls you to rebuke some things and to bind some strong men and to 
ask the Lord to cleanse some, some demons out of some places. Bring judgment against those, certainly. It's a funny thing about place. Was it Elisha whose bones raised someone from the dead? That he was so saturated by the spirit that a dead body touched his bones and the guy came back to life. Isn't that weird? Like he was so saturated with God that there was a lingering presence of God there that healed this guy. I mean, I don't know what's going on in the spiritual realm, but that's what scripture tells me. And that's just peculiar, but incredible. So for example, I want to try and give you some practical things, like I said. What does it look like if you sinfully go to Starbucks and... Um, and <laughs> I'm joking, partly. Um, so you, you go to Starbucks or, or you go to a restaurant and you, know, you sit there for a while, you read your Bible, maybe you're having time with a friend. What if you, you intercede for the next person who's going to sit in the chair after you? That you say, Lord, I, I leave my peace here. I leave the peace of your spirit here. Would you bless the next person who comes and sits here? Would you bless them with your presence? Would you bless them with your peace? Would you meet them? Would you draw them into your kingdom? You can intercede for someone that you haven't met. Now, there's very small chance you'll ever know if that prayer does anything, you know, unless you leave and then you, like, stand. <laughs> I guess you could do that. You never know. Something fun could happen. But I assure you, and this is the funny thing about life of the Spirit. Um, the Lord likes us to do stuff. And he, he will more often than not meet us as we do stuff. So, my, you know, when Richard was here a few weeks ago, he stated the obvious that if you never pray for anyone to get healed, you're never going to see anyone healed. And your theology will be 100% accurate. You've never seen anyone healed. Uh, but if you pray for five people, you might see one healed. Or 100, you might see 20. Or 1,000, you might see 500. But the Lord will meet you as you actually step into his world, as you step into the supernatural, as you start to work with the spirit that's in you. If you've got the gift of tongues, so many of us have the gift of tongues and we never use it. And Paul says it's for our edification. It's the only gift for our edification. Now pray in tongues and to see how the Holy Spirit moves in you. So that's one thing you can do this week. And that's my challenge to you. At some place this week, Will you pray somewhere where you sit? Maybe in the D.C. at Taylor, Residence Hall at Iowa, on an airplane. Maybe no one ever sits on your airplanes besides you. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> try it. Okay, first thing, intercede for the person who's going to follow you. Leave your peace somewhere. Do you have a friend in the dormitory in the Residence Hall who is struggling with anxiety? Or is struggling with, with fitful sleep and having nightmares. Um, you can pray for them, and you should. You could also go into their room, and you could intercede in their room and pray over the, the place where they sleep and pray for the Lord's peace to be in that space. Pray that they would have dreams of the Lord as they sleep. So I'm, I'm not asking you to intercede and change the nations. Okay, and those are awesome, and do that. 
But these are really practical things that we can do every day. Third thing you could do this, this week, go for a prayer walk. Okay, and this applies, this principle applies to, to all of these. Go for a prayer walk. Walk around the loop, fellow students. Okay, preferably with someone of the same gender. Okay, and then, I'm getting some laughs tonight, but not a lot. So, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> go for a walk around the loop and, and intercede. And pray for Taylor. I don't know what the, I don't know what the road at Iowa is. You know, walk around Iowa and, and pray for the campus. And, and by all means, pray generally. But what I would really encourage us in, because the whole point is to be naturally supernatural, is to be connected with the Lord through the Holy Spirit who is in us, is be specific. Ask the Lord, what can you pray for and what can you pray against? So you might walk, walk past wings, and you can say, Lord, like, what can I pray for wings? What are the wings guys struggling with now? And the Lord might actually give you, he might actually say there's a, there's a, there's a spirit of anxiety coming against wings. And if he tells you something like that, then he's asking you to pray. He's not telling you because he thinks it's interesting information. Okay? He's telling you, and if he's telling you, he believes you have, you have the authority to actually pray it as well. Right? So when the Lord speaks to you, do something with that. Okay? And as I just prayed just now, it's a simple prayer. You, can, you just listen, Lord, is there anything else? You, you, you can actually stand in the gap. You can say, Lord, why is this thing coming? And the Lord might say, well, there's, there's this sin happening in Wingers. Stand in the gap for them. Go after that sin in Jesus' name. Ask the Lord to strip it out. And in the name of Jesus, rebuke spirit of anxiety. Break it off. Once you've done that, pray. What is the opposite of anxiety? It's peace. And it's joy. And it's connection with the Lord. Pray those things. Pray for the president's house. Pray for your faculty. Pray for your friends. Does that make sense? But... The point is that we're asking for specific things because we're in relationship to the one who knows all things. Just like Jesus did. You know, everything I see the Father do, I do. I just want to emphasize that last thing. Um, it, it's common um, if, we, if we get into this issue of, of the demonic and binding and loosing um, I read the Matthew 16. Jesus actually repeats the same words in Matthew 18. Truly, it's always fun when Jesus says truly, hey, like, because obviously we think he's true most of the time. Truly, I say to you, don't doubt me. Whatever you bound, bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. He's not saying whatever you ask me in my will, um, I, may, I may or may not do for you. Okay, he's saying, he says to Peter, I am giving you the keys of the kingdom. I am giving you authority. So when you sense the Lord asking you to pray, you don't say, Lord Jesus, please will you deal with the spirit of anxiety? Because he's saying, I just told you to do that, please. Like, I have the power, I will give that to you, but I'm just asking you to step in with me. And that is what it is to be an ambassador of the kingdom is because you're an ambassador, you actually have the authority of the place that you're taking, of the kingdom that you're operating out of. So you say, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you, spirit of anxiety. 
I rebuke you because I have that man's authority. I have Christ's authority. And it's in his name. Okay? And then we have like 60 prayer warriors walking around campuses. And you'll be amazed at what the Lord can do with 60 people. Yeah, remember what he did with 12? Be specific. Ask him. So when I, when I talk about the gifts that we all, you know, um, some, some of us will have gifts of discernment. Um, and if you, this is not always true, but I've, I've, been, I've been seeing people you know, step into gifts for a long time. And it's almost always true, in my experience, that people who have the gift of discernment will often be people who, who um, are quite tormented. Um, because they do actually access the spiritual realm, and before they actually know what's going on, it can be really difficult. And so there can be a lot of fear involved in that. If, um, if, that's, if that's something that you've experienced, like you've had a lot of negative thoughts, a lot of sort of attacks on your mental health in that way, yeah, come and get prayer. Um, and we, we can pray with you. Um, and I, I, I don't know if that's the enemy going after people to try and stop them stepping into their gifts. Um, but it's really powerful... Um, my dad is a gift of discernment, and we used to go around and you know, pray for people's homes and businesses, and you know, it, was, it was crazy. Like he would go into a room, and he would, and he would, and they, he would know what was going on and what the spirit was, and what his access to the house was, and then he would go after them, and it was insane. And and you just see families transformed and businesses transformed. Um, but all of us have the ability to hear God's voice to pray for any situation. Lord, what's going on here? How do I pray? Okay. And be agents of his kingdom. I'll have to come back to some of my notes <laughs> another time. Um, in First Thessalonians 5, Paul says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. And everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the Spirit. We have this incredible authority that's given to us. We have the most incredible gift that <laughs> that's available. The Holy Spirit of God living inside of us. Let's increasingly embrace that. Okay, so please, this week... Um, Try at least one of those three things. Pray in a space. Pray for a friend or in a bedroom or something like that. And then, or pray for a community. Walk through Upland or Marion. Ask the Lord how you can pray to bless those communities. All right. Matt, have you anything wise to say? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's just got to think about what it is. Anything to pray? Yeah. You do? Okay. Let's pray. We'll finish with a prayer. Okay. Let me start, then Matt will, Matt will finish. Lord Jesus, um, would you... Would you fill us with your spirit? We remember that 
that Paul wrote, Lord, that we should keep being filled. I ask that you would fill us um, and that you would draw us into intimacy. We want it to be the most natural and normal thing, Lord, to be hearing your voice, to be praying what is on your heart. Oh, and Jesus, to see your kingdom come, to see bondage broken, to see sickness healed, or just to see freedom for those around us, Lord. to see addictions broken, to see joy and purpose and life flowing in those around us. Lord, you said your kingdom would advance and Hades' death wouldn't stand against it. Lord, advance in this place. Advance through our worship and our prayers, our conversations, Lord, our intercession. I ask, Lord, that, that you would meet your children this week, would you, would you show them the fruit of their prayers? And maybe that'll be an answer that they'll see. But Lord, if nothing else, I, I pray that they would know the delight in your heart, that uh, as they pray, that you meet them, they will sense the delight in heaven as they are stepping into their calling, stepping into their purpose as children of God. Lord, can we feel that delight from you this week? Can we see your kingdom come? Thank you, Lord.